Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Pensacola, Florida, it's time for Pensacola Business Radio. Now, here are your Business Radio X hosts. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Keith over here, broadcasting live from Business Radio X studios in Pensacola. And I am surrounded by the, uh, surrounding this table. I have some fantastic guests for you this afternoon. I have uh, MJ and Shane here from Booyah Mortgage. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, sir. And I have uh, Stephen Specht representing himself for Alex Steven Specht. Good afternoon. Thanks. Thanks for having me here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, guys, so let's just get into, get right into it. What is Booyah Mortgage? Well, uh, Booyah Mortgage is a veteran-owned, veteran-operated mortgage company that focuses specifically on um, active duty, retired, um, or reserve military. And that's all we do all day, every day is VA finance. How come only VA? Because that's all I love. <laughs> that's it, huh? That's it. Obviously, you've served, so this is I have, you, yes, you have a tie to this, yes, right? I am a Marine. Um, look, you know, to be honest with the the real reason I started it is because when I got out, I lost all my friends, so I couldn't think of another way other than us going out to drink. So I decided to start an entire company where I could talk to vets all day long. You know what? That's not a bad idea, though. It works perfect. Yeah. So uh, where are you guys based out of? We are based out of Lake Mary, Florida, right outside it, of Orlando. Yeah. So how do you get all the way here to Pensacola? Because of our Booyah Veteran Bus Project. Yeah. So tell me about it. So the project is a three-phase project. The first phase is going to be raise awareness. Uh, we're going to be taking a 360-mile hike all the way from Orlando, and so the Lake Nona VA, up to Panama City. Me and five other veterans are going to be hiking 22 miles a day in support of the 22 veterans that commit suicide a day, along with 22 push-ups starting on October 22nd. Second phase of the project is going to consist of taking transit buses, we're going to be taking these transit buses and converting them into shower, bathroom, and laundry facilities. Nice. So we'll take them down to the homeless. Obviously, we're going to help all homeless, but the objective here is to help because a larger percentage of the veteran, you know, the homeless are veterans. Actually, one in four adult males in um, the United States of America have served in the United States military that are homeless. So um, that's a two-part project. So the other side is we're going to create shuttle buses. It's kind of an Uber style. So you'd get on an app, you click the button, a shuttle bus would come pick you up and help you get to the local VA facility. Third phase of the project is my favorite part of the project. <clears throat> there are an exuberant amount of projects out there that focus directly on helping the veterans from a homeless standpoint, but no one's ever really come up with the idea to help them before they get to that point. So when you get ready to get out or EAS out, you have a day, right? So here's your discharge. You're excited. You're ready to get out, you know, party, have a good time. You're no longer in the military. So the problem is, is after that wears off, you start to ask yourself, what do I do now? Right. And how can I translate my military career to the civilian sector? So what we're going to do is we're going to purchase a, hopefully a large uh, property. It's about 700 acres. We're going to convert it into an entire community for veterans. It's going to consist of a 13 week program, just like Marine Corps boot camp. And in that program, we're going to teach them to have white collar positions. So we're going to teach them to be financial advisors, entrepreneurs, business leaders, um, loan officers, yep. real estate agents. Anything that we can help them give back to the community because we really want to change that mindset. So, you know, when I grew up, I grew up in a single wide mobile home. My father was a correctional officer. He's a single dad. Still is to this day, 36 years. Well, you didn't get away with anything. Did I you? didn't get away with anything. No. no. And I was like 12 miles away from town. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I was either chasing cows um, or hunting, you know, fishing, you know, and I even had to work on putting the G on the end of a lot of those. You right. Know, say this on hunting and fishing. Uh -huh. Yeah. You know, so um, the idea behind it is that to be completely honest with you. <laughs> When you think about the 22 veterans that commit suicide today, I really think it comes down to an isolation thing. You know, when you're in, you have that camaraderie. You yeah. have your brothers and sisters around you. 
And that's the most powerful thing about the military. It's not the political BS that goes on to it. It's the day in day tried and true camaraderie that you have that you miss the most. Right. You know, when you're out, you want to be back in. And when you're in, you want to be out. You know, but really what it comes down to is all your brothers. I mean, that's what it was for me. I mean, I was joking, but in all honesty, that's what it was. I miss that. I can't find that in civilian. Yeah. And I wanted to create a community that also taught those of us that didn't go to college that it's okay to not go to college. And what I mean by that is, is that some of your most successful entrepreneurs didn't go to college because there's a difference between IQ and EQ. And the idea behind it is, is that we have the foundation in the military to give us the structure in this development to be fantastic. We're already the top 1% in the nation, yeah. right? Especially if you're Marine yeah. Corps. So in that sense, you've already, <laughs> you know, just throwing there's, there's no yeah, intercomrader here. Just huh? in there a little bit. Um, you know, it, you have that foundation, that core infrastructure. The problem is you just don't know how to relate it when you get out. So the homeless portion is what happens when that connection doesn't happen. So instead of complaining and band-aiding the problem, we want to start at the source. And starting at the source starts with changing the mindset because the mind is the most powerful weapon. So what we have to do is we have to take these kids that have never had any formal training in that sense and then say, okay, you've handled millions of dollars in equipment. You've given people's lives in your hands. You've had all these things that you can accomplish. We need to build your confidence up because in 13 weeks, I can change your life. In 13 weeks, I can take you from fat to skinny to poor to rich in mind. I can take you from any background, black, white, blue, green. It doesn't matter. We're all green. We're in the military together. And when we get out, if we could take that same structure and bottle it and turn it into something great, we can make these guys business leaders. Let me tell you something. In now, less than 8% of S&P 500 CEOs are veterans. Do you know in the 1980 was over 60%? I believe it. Think about that. Yeah. Right? And in politics, it's even less now. So when you compare a Fortune 500 company that's ran by a veteran in comparison to a civilian is 25% greater in success. Yet we as leaders are not doing our job as NCOs, as OICs. What we're doing is we're getting out and we're creating a self, a sense of independence. Well, we want our own freedom or we have our own focus, our own dream. I'm sorry, but when I took my oath, my oath is to serve period. I'm not asking for a handout. I don't want 20% discount at this place because my job is to take care of the civilians what happens in the military sector is we get out and we think everybody should give us something. That's not, that's not how it works. Right. That's not how it works for me. Sure. So the whole idea behind this concept is to create a mindset that allows them to be successful. Look, money is not the object. Doing the right thing is the object. And money is a byproduct of that. Yeah. But success can be construed in many different ways, right? If you make a lot of money, it's bad because that's how people think. Sure. That's not true. We're able to give back and do more. So this project says it's a niche. It's all it is. It's not saying it works for everybody. It's a vetting process. But the idea behind it is, is imagine a place where you can go. As soon as you get out, you taps, right? You get out, EAS, boom, you go to this place for 13 weeks, 100% military ran. You've got opportunities for PTSD, gardening, equestrian, you know, ranges if you need to. You've got conversation between vets where you can have, where there's no drinking, no smoking. We clean it up just like boot camp. I don't remember drinking in boot camp. You know, taking and filtering and cleaning them up and then sitting down and teaching them the structure of the civilian side, teaching them about finances, changing their mindset, teaching them to speak, building business plans, marketing plans for them. Don't just give them a two-week class to teach them how to write a resume. That's ridiculous. Yeah. What we want to do is when they leave the facility on the 13-week and they graduate, they have job in hand or they have their business license in hand. So imagine I learned the hard way. So when I got out, I fell into the mortgage industry. I just fell into it. 
I was very lucky. I don't know. If, can you really just fall into yeah, the absolutely, mortgage? Absolutely. <laughs> 100%. It really was. I literally had a job between the Boston market as a yeah. manager and the mortgage industry. And I was so naive. I didn't know the difference. I just knew that my dad was a correctional officer for 30 years and I could make the equal same amount of money in a short amount of time. And I was loving life. Right. I mean, my account was negative $180 the day I got my first job. I had no money. You know, I had nothing. And I was thinking to myself, what am I going to do? Yeah. And I went into an opportunity and I said, here's a little salary of 24,000. Here's a little salary of 24,000. And I said, man, I can sit in the AC and just get on the phones and that's all I got to do. Or I can go bake chicken. I'm like, eh, I don't want to bake chicken. You know, I'm like, <laughs> I'll, I'll get into the mortgage side. And I got really lucky because, you know, our, our lucky is not a word to use, maybe fortunate. And some great entrepreneurs took me underneath their wing and they taught me everything. And I lost everything and built everything and yep. you know, had very humbling and was homeless at some point and, you know, had a lot of things that I had to overcome. Had I not been a Marine and had I not had my father teach me the way I was, I would have quit. That just is not in our nature. Yeah. So I wanted to take that like 15 years of life experience and condense it into 13 weeks and say, okay, imagine a world where I could decrease homelessness, decrease the amount of suicides and increase amount the the CEOs of S&P 500 companies. Imagine if I could, could, do, could do that. Would you be on board with that? Yeah, that's, a, that's a pretty tall order that's to fill, uh, right? but yeah. yeah. So well, no one's doing it, yeah. right? So, I mean, look, <laughs> the objective is to start one foot in front of the other. Right. And a lot of people do a lot of talking, but nobody really ever actually does anything. They want to play on the hearts and minds of everyone else, post on social media. Wow, I really helped somebody there. I right. need this. They're doing that for themselves. They're not doing it to actually accomplish it. One like equals one prayer. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so that project um, is the third phase of the project. And then at that point, what we want to do is, is that when someone graduates that, imagine, in, uh, you know, let's say, for instance, they come back to a certain county that they wanted to be a landscaper at. And a smart man once told me, listen, someone writing a paycheck to you is them determining how much you're worth. You writing your own paycheck is you determining how much you're worth. Right. And then no longer should we allow our military to be order takers. They should be working at Starbucks or Home Depot, or Walmart. We're talking about highly trained, highly skilled professionals that have had four years of life experience, not college. Sure. They can accomplish missions on time, like they're supposed to, when they're supposed to. In a chaotic atmosphere. Absolutely. <laughs> In an extreme chaotic atmosphere. Yeah. yeah. So imagine if we could bottle that. Take that same belief that you had in the military, right? Create that. And then like Simon Sinek's book says, know your why. Create a why for them. Create a business plan for them, a marketing plan. Teach them to how how to articulate it, how to communicate it, how to sell, how to market, how to build a pro forma and set them loose, get their business license for them, work on everything. And then when they go back to their community, their business is up and running. And in a nutshell, that's what the bus project does. Man, I'm impressed. Oh yeah. Yeah, there, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you go. So, uh, I mean, uh, how did you just sat down one day and said, oh, I'm just going to throw all this up against the wall and see what sticks or? No, no, no. I'm a Marine. I'm not that smart. So, the, <laughs> you know, what happened is um, in the mortgage industry, I work with real estate agents. Yeah. So I was working with a real estate agent um, named Pam Mathis in Panama City. She is the president of Auxiliary of Post 392. Wonderful post. Very family oriented. Just awesome. We were having lunch one day and she came to me and basically said, I want to tell you about this story. It's going to blow your mind. You ready for it? She tells me this story about veterans that are walking from their homes eight to 10 miles a day to make it to a bus that takes them another two hours to Pensacola VA. And they were sleeping on park benches. Now, if you know anything about the VA, it's not like you can make a phone call and schedule your appointment. No, you, you kind of got to just show up. Yeah. And, yeah. and even if you do, it may take three to six months to get it. And if right. you miss it, it's not like they're like, I have no problem, buddy. Come on back. We'll take care of you. Yeah. It can be another three to six months. 
So imagine you have 60 and 70 year old veterans walking, okay, from their home, mm-hmm. eight to 10 miles a day in this wonderful, very cool weather. Not yeah, cool not, at all. No, yeah. Not. <laughs> you know, basically rucking to get to a bus that takes them another two hours to get right. to me. And they're already sick. So what ended up happening is she's told me a story about a gentleman named Mr. Mike. Mr. Mike basically had his leg amputated because he got gangrene infection due to the fact of his lack of ability to be able to get to and from the VA hospital. Okay. Not a combat vet. Probably was a combat vet, but didn't happen in combat. Sure. But the experience is he had to have his leg cut off just because of transportation. That makes zero sense. sense. Yeah. So, so the only person that was doing anything was this 80, well, 79 year old young, um, Ellen Gilbert. And she was basically taking her little Mazda truck to about 300,000 miles on the truck, driving up and down, taking these vets back and forth. So I interviewed her and I said, Miss Helen, why do you do this? She said, sweetie, why would I not? They're veterans. My whole family was veterans. My husband was a veteran. She says, and I couldn't get in because I was too short. So I told them, you know what? They can't stop me. I'm going to help them anyways. All right. You know, so that's how the, the, the idea kind of came to fruition. When Miss Pam told me the story, I'll be honest with you, I went back to my office and I was just kind of sitting there thinking like, okay, well, I suck at golf, so I'm not going to do charities. <laughs> I've got the face made for radio, so I'm not going to get out there on TV or anything. I said, you know, what can I do? So I reached out to a couple of my buddies and I said, you guys want to, you know, you guys want to ruck it up? Let's, let's go, you know, we'll, we'll get on TV. We'll, we'll figure out something. I never thought the project would, would get as big as it was. Yeah. I mean, it always, I just spoke for uh, Colonel Allen West at the Warrior Banquet a couple of weeks ago. Um, he did a video supporting the project. We just had uh, Jimmy Smith state house representative and uh, uh, chairman of the veteran subcommittee, um, Senator Rubio. Uh, we've had a lot of major people behind it and, you know, now we're just taking it to a whole nother level and we're going to take it national. Um, it's also came to where I've had a lot of, a lot of people come out to me about multiple homeless projects that they want me to get involved with to help. Um, because to be honest with you, the, the nonprofits that I've seen that are starting to do this project normally aren't run by veterans. They have no organizational skills and they're only doing it because they want to look good and the money side of it. So we're going to, uh, you're going to change the face. You're, yeah. you're going to start a whole new movement. Yeah. You well, don't even realize we're going to kick in the doors and step on throats is what I like to yeah. say. Okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, that's really what we're doing. I mean, it's, it's a booyah movement and a mission. You know, I, I could care less about anything. Honestly, if it, if I didn't, wasn't the one speaking for it, I wouldn't even do that part of it. Sure. I just, the VA system, look, look the start of Vietnam has been around for 60 years. Okay. 60 years. I can take my iPhone and get anything I want right now, mm-hmm. but my VA system's not affected. Right. It's not working. How's that possible? Let me tell you something about our leaders. In the military community, our leaders from all aspects. We're the problem. Yeah. We have I, to I step up. Yeah, sure. Right? We can't continue in pointing the finger and saying, hey, you're going to fix that for me, Mr. Politician? Hey, you're going to take care of that? And that's not how I work. I don't have time to wait on you. I'm just going to get it done. I'm not asking for permission. It's right. just going to get done. Right. We need to form together and create a unified front instead of being so divided. We still make fun of each other. That's fine. You want to be in the chair force? That's cool. I'm all right with that. <laughs> but at the same time. By the way, you should have been here earlier. Yeah. <laughs> at the same time, it's our duty to stand up, get unified, get together. Because what we don't want to have happen is we be the generation that was 60 years ago. And if we don't fix it now, if we don't put more politicians in as veterans, if we don't put more veterans in the pillars of the community, be business leaders, mm-hmm. we're going to have the same situation we have on our hands right now, which is not a good one. So it starts with the mission, believe it or not, as it has this surface view of the buses and creating that nationally and the mortgage side and everything else. Really what I'm doing is creating what I like to consider a legacy for my daughter, my two-year-old daughter and my fiance and my family. 
is that what I want to do is I want them to have a safe, secure America, something they can believe in, something they can be proud of, something they can stand behind and have that true heart for, that we can all stand up for the Pledge of Allegiance, that we can all present the flag, that we can all remember the people that made the sacrifices, that we can all be there. And at the end of the day, if we don't do that, we'll never fix what's going on. It doesn't matter how many people get elected. Yeah. So I'm hoping to raise enough awareness, kick in enough doors to make it happen, get people involved, you know, for the right reasons, build a board that's representing that and saying, listen, we're going to kick some butt, make this happen, get these suckers off the streets, but stop it at the source and fix it from there. Yeah. I like the way you're coming with solutions. I mean, you know, you're not just, you're not just pointing fingers. That doesn't get us anywhere. What can the average guy do to help? What, what can I do? I think the big thing is the awareness portion first. Um, you can look at our website, www3w's. <laughs> I always mess that up. Um, you don't even have to say it anymore yeah, these days. You really don't. I know. You can well, just type it I in. I just did like two W's and I keep saying that for some reason. Um, BooyahVeteranBusProject.com. That's our website. Uh, I want to make something very clear. I made it clear on a meeting this morning. We take donations. I do not want donations from the local veterans. Right. Understood. Is that very clear? Yeah. I could care less about that. I'm not trying to hand out a hat and get some cash from the vets. They've already sacrificed enough. It's the people that are making money and the businesses that are making money off of the veterans. Yeah. Get it out of your pocket and build this project. It's your community. Clean up your community. Do you yeah. know that the average homeless person costs taxpayers $40,000 a year? $40,000 a year. On a problem that would probably only take about 10000 per person to fix. Easy peasy. Yep. Right? Yeah. So I'm saving you some money. I'm hooking you up. Yeah. You, know? you save 30 grand. Right. Get on the person. bus. Boom. You yeah. know, it's all about your ROI. Awesome. I just gave you your return on investment. So that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for the people that are involved in that, that want to change, actually change the way it's done and not talk about it. Yeah. Get behind it and help me grow it. Like I'm, you know, I'm doing this with my, my team, my mortgage team and people that get involved and just wonderful volunteers. I can't name them all, but everybody's done a fantastic job to help. But I'm not going to do this alone. Right. And we want to take this national and get all the right people in place. So, you know, we're going to Starbucks. It's what I like to call there it. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so if people do want to get in touch with you, what's the easiest way? Um, they can email me. Shane, S-H-A-N-E dot Johnson, J-O-H-N-S-O-N at Booyah, B-O-O-Y-A-H, veteranbusproject.com. Awesome. I made that as long as possible. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> yeah. That's how they remember it. Yeah. yeah. It's better than putting the W. I could put it in phonetic alphabet if everyone would like. <laughs> yeah, like we need another <laughs> right, right? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, I want to thank you for hanging out with us today and, and uh, man, supporting your missions. That's a, that's a pretty cool thing. My pleasure, sir. I appreciate yeah. it. So stick around for a little bit. We're going to harass Steven some more. Huh? Cool. <laughs> all right, Steve. So follow that up, man. <laughs> Hi, I need to. Uh, I'll do a brief little introduction. I'm going to jump right on top of that because uh, I've got some ideas on that I want to share with somebody who's got like-minded and, uh, and, and will take an idea and run with it. Uh, my name is Stephen Specht. I'm the Democratic candidate for Congress. Uh, be the only veteran in this race. And actually, what's really interesting this year is that uh, 1st Congressional District 1, 2, 3, and 4 all have Democratic veterans uh, yeah. on the ticket. I think that's pretty exceptional, pretty unique, and it says a lot about the uh, the idea that veterans uh, don't like Democrats or vice versa because – yeah, you know, look around. I see a lot of I see a lot of chicken hawks that uh, that are never going to step up and serve. They've never put on a uniform in their life. They've never even worked a real job. In the case of my election, uh, they want to talk big, but they you know liking war and liking the military are two fundamentally different things. Right. Um. And unless you uh, unless you have strapped up, uh, put on your boots and gone over there in a brown or or, or uh, you know sand colored uniform, I think you need to be be shutting your mouth. 
I'm a native of the Panhandle. Uh, I grew up in Mariana, you know, middle class. Mom was a teacher. Uh, graduate of FSU College of Law. Uh, graduate of UF Go undergrad. <laughs> we just hung out with Bobby Bowden earlier today, oh, okay. so we got to yeah. say that. Um, yeah, I, I spent four years in the Air Force. I was an airborne cryptologic linguist. My job was to listen to uh, Afghans with the two Afghan languages that I know and uh, help people like Shane do their job on the ground. Uh, he and I are about a few years apart as far as our military service goes, but uh, I guarantee you that he had somebody doing top cover for him the same time uh, I was doing top cover for the people that succeeded, succeeded him. You know, veterans' issues are, are really important here. Actually, that statistic on one in four here is actually about one in two, uh, probably because there's such a military presence here. Yep. People uh, people wrap up their, their two or four years, and, and then they just pretty much stay around. Uh, the one thing I'd add to your project, uh, I think the military kind of puts your life on hold, and you got to find where you were when you started. If you liked kayaking, or you liked hiking, or you liked swimming or something, and you go in the military and you don't do those things for two or four years, you get back and you've, you've lost yourself. You've done great service. You've got the camaraderie. You've got yeah. the brotherhood. You kind of forget who you are. You forget who you are. I think a part of a program like Shane's, uh, kind of reintroducing yourself to things that made you happy and fulfilled before the military, uh, getting, you, you know, getting you back into where you were, um, you know, and, and, and taking advantage of what you had. The discipline is, is, is incredible. The ability to just sit down to a task and do it is something that, you know, I won't say it's unique to the military. I'll just say that people that are veterans tend to be much better at it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, uh, but, uh, you know, he talks about the, uh, the decline of veterans uh, running uh, major companies. There's a decline of veterans in Congress. And, you know, I, I think... Uh, I think having more people in Congress that have knows what it means to serve. I mean, this is this is just a next step for me in a lifetime of service. So this is something that's ingrained into me. You know, doing service projects when I was a kid, church cleanups. I was an Eagle Scout. Then, uh, you know, I went to undergrad. Then I enlisted. Uh, did four years of service in the Air Force. I wanted to be closer to the fight, so I actually did another year of contracting uh, with Marines because uh, I wanted to be on the ground in Afghanistan, not just in the air. Best year of my life, I tell you that. Um, yeah, See, that's what the Marines say too. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, just, that's, that's, that's the pitch. You know, I, I, the veterans issues are, 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 you know, the, one of the top three issues in this, in this district. The other issues are, that are concerned are, are economic development yeah. and, and, uh, the big looming national debt that nobody wants to really talk about. And, you know, the two go hand in hand because when you start working on economic development, you increase your tax base, and you you know you you can get more out of out of a taxation scheme without having to raise taxes. But I also want to talk about government reform. You know, we uh, we are living in an internet age. We have billions of dollars being done purely online, but we're in an internet age with pencil and paper regulations. Yeah, regulations that were written many many years ago that don't really apply to this world. I mean, you've got an FAA that doesn't understand the, the capacity of, of drones being able to deliver packages to to obscure areas of the country. Yeah. You know, you can you can throw a UPS truck, uh, you know, his, his he lives twelve miles from town. I live seventeen miles uh, growing up I live seventeen miles from town. Three a three quarter mile one lane driveway that no UPS better dare drive their truck back there. You throw a package on a drone and have it dropped on your front doorstep. Uh-huh. You don't have any uh, risk of driver. You don't have uh, you don't have the cost of gasoline. But uh, we, we've got a federal government that doesn't see that, that doesn't understand the, the benefits there. And, I, I, yeah, there's a national security risk associated with drone technology. I'm not negating that fact. 
but to completely shut down the commerce that could come from right. that new type of technology is is ridiculous to me. Um, and that's just one example. The drones are just one example of many where we've got we've got people stuck in their way of thinking. They're literally thinking in two dimensions. Yeah, we live. Yeah, you know, it's a three dimensional world. E-commerce. You know, you could you could run a billion dollar company from your apartment this, in these days. I know a couple of people that do. So there you go. Um, so I want to look at not just not just the, 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 the traditional method of let's bring good paying jobs to Pensacola. I want to look at let's make a government that we, that we want to have. We pay these taxes. Let's ask for the government that we need. Right. Um, you know, and, and then the second thing, you know, for economic development locally, we've got to get an educated workforce. Um, you know, you're not going to get high-paying jobs here. They're going to import them from Mobile or somewhere else. They might like the tax breaks they get to build their campus. Mm-hmm. But half of the jobs that come to that new Navy Federal building uh, that's over there off of uh, Pine Forest, yep. half the jobs are being filled by people that are do not they're not from the 1st Congressional District of Florida. So that's, was it, 3,000 jobs that could have been filled here, but we don't have that educated workforce. We've got to recommit uh, to our public education institutions, and and uh, you know we we have dominated the world economy for many many years because we made that commitment to having the fundamental education. So now we got this top down centralized approach, cookie cutter education, I like to call it, where you know not everyone's going to be an engineer, but damn, you can make some uh, good money on uh, if you uh, you know if you're a vocational uh, skill trade, with, right. like you know it's a fifty dollar fifty dollar house call just to get the plumber to look at my uh, to look at my leak, right. you know, not to mention the $90 an hour, 90, uh, $90 an hour labor that comes with that. So, um, I really, uh, those are the three issues I want to look at, you know, started off with veterans because it was a heck of a lead in from Shane. But, uh, I think, it, I think the the economic development and government reform is going to be, uh, coming right after that. All right. But you're talking about big things, man. So where do you start? Where do you start? Well, you got to elect somebody who served. Now I, I can't repeat that enough. I mean, my opponent is a guy who uh, has never worked a real job in his life. His only the only job he's ever done is suing the government over things like volleyball nets. He sued Walton County over a volleyball net because they have an ordinance that says don't leave your stuff on the beach overnight, and they confiscated the net. Okay, well, you know, people litter the beach. They don't want people doing that anymore. They passed a regulation. He sued the city over. It. That's the type of guy he is. Um, you know, just he's done nothing but take from this country. He's got uh, six suspended licenses because he doesn't pay his traffic infraction fines. He's got a DUI. He's got a legislative record that's that's emblematic of of just uh, an immature approach to things. I mean, I, I don't care about the partisan you know, the partisan divide. I'm just saying that this is a guy. He's a he's a Republican. Republicans control both uh, both houses in the state government. And they controlled the governor's mansion, but seventy percent of his legislation has failed. So, if you're not even willing to work within your own party, and you burn bridges within your own party, and you can't pass legislation, how are you going to fight Washington? So, circling back to me, I'm going to be a freshman congressman. Okay, it's going to be him or me. One of us is going to be a freshman congressman. We only have so much power. To be practical, we only have so much power as a freshman congressman. However, I'm somebody who has worked for a living. I've lived more in four years in uniform than he has in, in his entire life. Uh, and I take that I take that motivation with me, that that move forward and get it done discipline that Shane talked about earlier. Um, and I'm willing to, you know, I'm willing to figuratively jump on the grenades in Washington to get things done. And I'm willing to talk with people that disagree with me. 
I'm a Democrat running in a district with uh, 50% Republicans, 30% Democrats. <laughs> you got a road ahead of you, that's for sure. <laughs> well, but my point is, you know, I talk to these people. I meet them outside the grocery store. I, I had to get 2,298 signatures from registered voters. More than half of those people were Republicans. You don't think they signed that piece of paper just because I had a pretty face. They sure. signed the piece of paper because they had a chance to talk to me and meet me. You're kind of pretty. Well, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> That's coming from yeah, Marine. That's saying yeah. a lot, right? <laughs> You're Air Force, hey. <laughs> so I say, no thanks, soldier. <laughs> um, it's, uh, you know, yeah, okay, freshman congressman can only get so much done, but I'm going to get a lot more done than the other guy because I just don't think he's gotten that much done. Um, it's going to depend on what committee I get out. You know, being from an intel background, I would really like an intel uh, committee, but I think to serve this district, I'm going to have to take the sacrifice and work uh, on a veterans, the Veterans Affairs Committee, um, you know, because that's what this district needs. Yeah. It needs a, and that's something that uh, Jeff Miller has, has kind of led the way on with veterans issues. Because we do have a, you know, we have a really, if you have a chance to see it before you head out, we have a really nice VA clinic here over on, uh, on uh, just can follow this road on out and you'll get into it. Yeah, it's kind of a product of, of 10 years with Jeff Miller working for this district. Um, he's not perfect. Nobody is. But when it comes to taking care of veterans, Jeff Miller has done that. And now now it's time to step up, as Shane said. You know, stop talking about it and actually do it. And that's what I'm doing running for Congress. Um, you know, I wanted to pick up where he left off, pick up that ball and run with it. And uh, I think uh, I think as we add the number of people that have actually served and have actually given to the country, um to Congress and bring that sacrifice to Congress, we're going to see a lot of our problems kind of fix themselves instead of people just selfishly taking and, and propping up their own little fiefdom in Washington. Yeah. So, okay, so on the lines of economic development and, and business, I mean, what's your what's your first foot forward there? Well, you know, I talked about the regulations, you know, and a lot of it's going to be the state <laughs> issue, but, you know, I'll talk about something that's, that's working right is is being able to to do things like make appointments online and get things done. I mean, Escambia County, I needed to get a new driver's license. I made the appointment online, didn't have to talk on the phone, didn't have to bother anybody with that, made the appointment online. They send me an automated text telling me that I have a 30-minute wait time that morning. 15 minutes out, they say, you have 15 minutes to go. Then I jump in the car because I live 15 minutes away from the tax collector's office. I'm literally walking into the door as, a, as I get a 10-minute text message saying, your turn. So instead of sitting at the DMV for two hours wasting time, I'm getting text messages telling me it's my time right now. Yeah. That's two I hours. I think of-, of a more perfect place to have that <laughs> too because nobody wants to hang out. Yeah, the, the only DMV. thing yeah. I can think of DMV is like my daughter watches Zootopia like a hundred times yeah. over yes, in the uh, sloth. Yeah, 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 that's what it thinks, you know, yeah, flash. That's like that's all I can think that's of. That's it. Man. That's, you know, but, but this is, and Escambia County is doing that all over the place. That's the type of government we need, a more efficient government, you know, that means there's going to be some government jobs that get cut because whoever would have answered that phone line, uh, you know, five, ten years ago, and whoever would have, you know, been handing me a number, they're not going to have a job anymore. But, you know, we, we, we can find places for those people that are that are productive. But I don't think the tax dollars should be paying just simply to create a job when I'm going to lose two hours of productivity and, you know, setting up that automated tech system. Once you have it, you can use it for anything. You can use it for for the tax collector's office, you can use it downtown. You can use it for business licenses. Yeah, you know that that instead of having this you know guy with a pair of glasses and a pencil hand checking your your business license, you know making sure all the things are done, you submit it online and you could get it back the next day. You know it's uh 
So going after things like that, I mean, I'm giving Escambia County as an example of how it's being done right. Yeah. I want to take that to Washington. Yeah. Um, you know, and and uh, that's uh, that's more or less it. Okay. Right on. Well, if people are interested in your campaign or want to get some more information, where can we send them? Uh, first step would be stephenspeck.com. That's Stephen with a V, Sierra Papa Echo, Charlie Hotel Tango.com. <laughs> you knew that was coming. One upper. Dude, you knew that was coming. <laughs> <laughs> well, people hear the spec and think there's a T in there, an extra T in there somewhere. So stephenspeck.com. But uh, check me out on Facebook too. It's facebook.com slash electspect. Um, yeah, I'd love to reach, I'd love you to reach out to me if you like what you hear today. Uh, we'll talk more uh, online. Great. I want to thank both of y'all for coming in this afternoon. And uh, guys, you can find us at Picola Radio X on Twitter. You can find us at Picola BRX on Facebook, or you can find us on our website at Pensacola.BusinessRadioX.com. Again, I want to thank our guests for coming in today. And this has been Pensacola Business Radio, where business is good and your work matters. Mm-hmm.